This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZRING. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you had the promo code DWZ ring makes the ring free and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring and let's have a big season. What's happening guys? Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the people's dynasty podcast and tonight's topic a little post free agency sell action with a very special guest you might know him as the pharaoh of fantasy he is izzy elkafas of the dynasty trade calculator we'll bring him in in just a minute uh, but before i bring in my co-host i gotta let you know these these have been running a little bit long but when the info's good and everything's flowing man you, you just can't stop it so um that and we've all got a little extra free time on our hands so these things have been around that 75, uh, you know, ish minute mark, but we hope you're enjoying them and look for another special Friday podcast. You can't do buys and you can't do sells exclusively. We're going to have both. We're going to have another show on Friday talking about guys. We're buying in dynasty. But before I get into all that, I got to bring him in. He's my co-host. You know him as the man of the hour and the man with the power. Jerry, what's up, buddy? Oh my goodness, so happy to be back, bud. You know, listen, I'm trapped. I'm just stuck in this house and I just I need my fix. And then here you are. I'm looking at you live and in the flesh, just helping me get through the next week. Man, it, it is all about getting through the next week right now. And we appreciate all the support everybody's been giving us. Uh, no new five-star reviews from last Friday to today, but you know what? I know you're in quarantine. I know you don't have anything else to do. Hop and on listen, a... you you don't go stealing someone else's cell phone at a time like this. We can we can wait a couple weeks before we go stealing their little booger fingers on their cell phone. Well, don't steal it, steal it. Borrow it long enough to give the Dynasty Warzone a five-star review. Um, you can do it on any platform. Apple's the the big one. But we'll take what we can get because we're on a mission, Jerry. We're on a mission to get to 200. And the, the social media, I have posted two things on Instagram in the last couple of weeks. 
I was doing the Patreon last night, had two monitors going. It was great. And then one last little segue about the Patreon. Uh, speaking of people that have free time on their hands, that or they really love Dynasty Fantasy Football, uh, these guys today, uh, 148 messages. Jerry, you were you were the ringleader of this, by the way. 148 messages. Yeah, I uh, I go through spurts. That's a good is a lot of people do. Is you know sometimes we'll go missing for a little bit, and then it's just ranting and raving. And you know, me and Zach are Lions fans, so we uh, we had a little Lions rant, like like we do, like I like to do. I should just have a podcast where I complain about the Detroit Lions, so I don't have to do it on here and have you guys have to listen to it all the time. But and one thing you'll start hearing very soon. Uh, here at the Dynasty Warzone, is we got some Patreons going to do some testimonials, telling <laughs> t- telling you what what you're getting, what they're getting out of the the Patreon, how we've helped them, the trades we've helped them made, because we want you to really feel like, hey, I'm interested in that, and here's why. Um, the the benefit of being a Patreon speaks for itself, but if you're interested, Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone, and uh, Jerry, we got a legend tonight joining us here on the show. Yeah, the f- I've never actually gotten to talk to him, so I, so excited. I've had the good pleasure of being on his show, the Dynasty Trade Calculator. That's the OG show. Now, there's also a couple of other shows attached to that feed, which are really great in their own right. And he is one of the toughest and most shrewdest players that I've ever done trade battle with. Now, he and I went back and forth last year in the UDPL. It was like a heavyweight fight. We were slugging it out. We never got any deals done. There are some deals that I wished I had gotten done and some deals I'm certainly glad that I did not. And he feels the same. But, dude, Izzy is good people. And Izzy can be found on Twitter at DTC underscore Izzy E. Jerry, let's bring this man's in here. Let's do it. All right. Joining us on the show from the Dynasty Trade Calculator, you know him as the Pharaoh of Fantasy. I know him as Izzy. You can find him on Twitter at DTC underscore Izzy E. Izzy, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks, brother. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good, man. Always good. Awesome. So it's great to have you on. We've had your co-host of the Dynasty Trades Calculator on a couple of times. It's good to make the most out of this uh, unfortunate situation where we all have got a little extra time on our hands and, and have you on to join us. Now, uh, when I reached out to you, I gave you the option of, did you want to do buys or sells? And initially you wanted to do buys, but then you, uh, you had a change of heart and you wanted to do some sells. You ready to talk about some guys that you're looking to unload? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. I mean, I, initially I wanted to do buys. Everybody wants to do buys. So I was like, well, not a lot of people want to do sells. And so like, let's just do the sells. I mean, I think they're more fun and I have no issue giving some uh, sell ideas. Well, we appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to doing the sales myself. I got a couple that I think will stir some controversy, but before we get into that real quick, do you have any uh, quarantine stories or hacks you want to share with us <laughs> here uh, in the uh, Dynasty Warzone? No, you know, what's funny is um, I I, uh, my, I office out of my house, so I set my appointments and I go see people um, throughout four states. So very, I mean, every week... Every other week, I'm out of the state, essentially out of the house. Uh, but most weeks, or every other week, I guess, I'm in the house and I'm officing out of the house. And sometimes I go to appointments and so on and so forth. Uh, my daughter homeschools and my wife doesn't work. So the transition hasn't been too bad for us. 
So uh, it's hard to really come up with a with a hack because we've been just doing what we've been doing, and it doesn't really feel any different. If that makes any sense. No, that that's good. Um, it's good that you have that routine already. So you're just instead of traveling half the time, you're just home all the time. So that's not a bad thing. Plenty of ice, yeah. plenty of ice cream, right? Well, so yeah, plenty of ice cream and bananas. Yeah, I say. So if you've listened to the Dynasty Trades Calculator, now I say this a lot. That's one of the few remaining Dynasty podcasts that I still listen to. Izzy is a big fan of ice cream and bananas. I forgot about the bananas, and he was in town back in January, and I happened to be super sick at the time, and uh, I had a great ice cream joint, a local place I was going to take you to, but uh, we'll, we'll get the opportunity to do that next time you're back in Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't eat the bananas and the ice cream together, just to, just to FYI. No, no, uh, no chunky right. monkey. Jerry, Jerry, what are yeah. you doing to, uh, to keep afloat during this quarantine? I'm in a weird spot because like Izzy said, like not a ton has changed for me. Like I still have to go to school. The only difference is I don't have to drive 70 damn miles to go there and then 70 miles back. So I'm saving absurd amount of money on gas. That's a good thing. But uh, they still call me essential because if there's one thing that's essential, it's prison quality Southwestern food. <laughs> prison quality <laughs> Southwestern food. Fantastic. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> Our, our company found a bit of a loophole to get some people to stay in, in the plant. And I'm, I'm glad, to be quite honest. I couldn't imagine being home every day. My wife has been here for 10 days, and she's going crazy. Now, her company is forcing her to work from home, so I don't have to make any of those decisions. Uh, the best thing I can tell you is to keep plenty of booze on hand. Uh, <laughs> best I got, I was telling Jerry before we brought Izzy on that, I'm out of wine. So uh, number one hack is to make sure you have plenty of uh, adult beverages in the house. But want to get into some of these sales. I'm um, going to start with some guys that maybe you're willing to sell 20 cents on the, uh, sorry, 80 cents on the dollar. You're willing to take a little bit of a loss on, but you just want to wash your hands of. Izzy, is there a guy like that that you uh, have on your sell list? Yeah, I mean, I think I think right now that, that, that player is definitely uh, left bell. For me, uh, but he's been, it's been like that for the greater part of 10 months or so. Um, he's just been a, I, I get it right now. He's getting to the point where he's probably more valuable on your team than he is via trade. Cause he'll, you might as well have him just die on your team because right now you're probably looking at, at best a late first round pick uh, in exchange for a left bell. And I'd still do that right now, but I can see the reservation of not doing it. So I, I think Lev Bell is a must sell just because he's plummet. His value is plummeting um, for good reason. And I just don't, I don't, just don't trust the, the player or the, the person anymore. So, um, but that's, uh, like I said, it's been a couple, been a couple years since it's been like that, or at least almost a year. I, I shouldn't say a couple years. So almost a year now, I've never been a big Lev Bell fan to begin with. So I've never said, yeah, I, I got to go get Lev Bell. I've never owned him in any dynasty team. Um, and he put up huge numbers, but I've always just kind of been a w- scared of the injuries, the substance abuse stuff, the rap stuff. Uh, and now he's got a big fat contract and he's aging and it's just like none of it written Adam Gase isn't all that appealing to me. So none of that really is all exciting um, going into 2020 or even going into 2019 from last year. So I would just take what I can get at this point and move on. Well, uh, referring to the dynasty trade calculator, which I know you're very familiar with, he is worth approximately about the one eleven, 
He's a 14.4 in the calculator. And that would be something I would be more than happy to sell Lev Bell for. I was looking at the Jets draft capital. They've got four picks inside the top 80. And it's easy to see with this running back class that they would add somebody. Uh, the new G- the GM there, Joe Douglas, had no hand in bringing Bell in last year. He actually replaced the GM who signed that contract. Adam Gase's love or lack thereof for Bell is kind of obvious. So I see a lot of handwriting on the wall to where you may have one more good season. So I, I like I like it. Jerry, does that break your heart as a Michigan State fan? And then who are you selling? I, I don't disagree with it. I, luckily, I am so biased for Le'Veon Bell and my love for him. Otherwise, I probably would have put it on there and I'd be scrambling to find a name because that's a that's a good sell for all the reasons you just said. Uh, so you're not going to buy the Juice album then? That's, just, that's out of the yeah. question, is he? No, I, I'm off that. Is that, I, the, is that uh, the name of it? The Juice that's album? His, uh, that's his artist name, is the oh, Juice or yeah. something like that. I stopped listening to rap probably, I don't know, when I got out of college and got a job, probably. Funny how those it's things just, go together. Yeah, it's weird. But yeah, I just kind of like, yeah, like, I like, I still like the old school stuff. I'll still listen to that. The new stuff, I can't do like certain songs. I'll like, yeah, I'll, they'll catch me and I'll be like, okay. And I'll listen to them, but I can't like get into like an art. Like I know... Like this Kendrick Lamar, I know he's, I just can't do it, you know? So, but uh, I still appreciate the old school stuff. Yeah, we're old heads, man. You can't listen yeah. to that new generation. I'm with you. So my dude's OBJ, and it's it's a little bit different of a situation. He's not as old and busted as Le'Veon is. He's not a running back. I just, those 13 touchdowns, 1,300-yard seasons, those are a thing of the past. He's not getting funneled by Eli over and over. Cleveland's got Jarvis Landry. Cleveland's got Nick Chubb. Cleveland's got Kareem Hunt. They just brought in Austin Hooper. There's a lot of miles to feed in that offense. I just, I, I don't think he's bad. I think he's still going to be good. He's a little bit of a diva. He needs to lose the blonde haircut, but that's just my personal preference, going back to being an old school guy. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'm just done. I do have an OBJ share, and I'm going to try and flip that bad boy before this this gets going. What what would you take for it in, in a vacuum? If someone said, hey, I would give you X, what would you take? I mean, it, it's still going to be sort of expensive, but it, like, are you going to take OBJ for 102? Well, Jerry, you got to take 80 cents on the dollar. That was the that was the question. I mean, I personally, if you want to give me 104, 105, yeah, I'll take it for OBJ. I just don't, I see a thousand yard receiver and four or five touchdowns. He, uh, he didn't, he had two touchdowns all the way until week 16 last year. He cracked 100 yards twice, and they added Austin Hooper, and they have Kareem Hunt for a full season. Hell yeah, I'll take 80 cents on the dollar, because I, what, what does the calculator say he's worth right now? 80 cents on the dollar would be... Uh, in super flex, or yeah, regular, I guess the super flex really only applies to the picks, but um, 32.4. 20% off of that would be roughly the 102, 103. Are you taking the 102 or 103 for uh, OBJ in a super flex? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'm a little bit of a John Jonathan Taylor fanboy, so I mean, that's sort of biased, but I would. I We're looking at a descending dynasty asset. The dude's good. The dude can help you win if you are a contender. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be hot takey with it. On my personal teams, I would flip that dude. It's just I, I don't see an upward trajectory. I, I agree with you, but I don't think you're going to get it with rookie fever setting in. And as Izzy said before, very eloquently on his podcast, these rookie picks are only going to continue to gain steam until your rookie pick to your rookie draft gets going. 
So I, it would be hard for that. Izzy, what would you give for OBJ? You're, you're, not, you're now a buyer. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with Jerry, though. So I don't think – I mean, <clears throat> if you look at OBJ's career, uh, it hasn't been that impressive. That's the, that's the kicker with OBJ. Uh, he's probably the most overrated dynasty asset. Uh, probably, I don't want to say of all time, but it's up there. He's always he's perennially being drafted in the top ten of rookie of startups. He's finally dropped outside of the top ten. He's still going in the top twenty, but ever since his 2016 season, he's had three very unproductive seasons. Um, <clears throat> uh, if you look at 2017, he got injured. 2018, 77 for 1052 and six, 74, 1035 and four in 2019. These are those are RB or wide receiver two numbers. So ever since his 2016 season, he's been on a downward trajectory. Uh, obviously, 2018, 2019 were pretty close, but you have to look at his 2018. That was in 12 games. I believe it was 12 games or maybe 13 games. And in 2019, uh, he played the full slate. He might have missed one game last year, but I'm pretty sure he missed the full slate. So this is a 16-game season versus a 12-game season. So, yes, on a points-per-game basis, 2018, OBJ was probably a low-end wide receiver one. But last year was not very good. And if you look at what Jerry was saying, they added Austin Hooper. Um, They still have all the pieces there. I just don't see the targets being – I mean, sure, he had 130-ish targets last year. Uh, I don't know how he can surpass that number this year. So, and I'm not a big Baker Mayfield guy. So, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably looking at. I'd probably feel comfortable around the 105. Is where I'd feel comfortable buying. Okay. And I'd and I'd honestly think about it because once again, he's a 27 year old receiver, which isn't bad. But once, it's kind of like a little curve, right? So you have a ascending asset they hit age 27 is is really the peak of a dynasty value and then they start to descend at age 28 so he's at his descension and he doesn't have wide receiver one numbers to back up the wide receiver one value that he's being purchased at and now he's going on his descension into age 28 so if i'm buying for the 105 or let's say you're buying for the 103 or 104 for me, I'm trying to reflip that asset before he hits that that floor of 28, 29, 30. So I want to be flipping during the season. I just don't think he's going to put up 2016 numbers or even 2018 points per game numbers uh, in time for me to sell before people realize, oh, damn, OBJ's gotten old on me. So that's why I just don't feel comfortable buying. Even at 105, I'm like, I'll buy him. but And I'm really just praying that I can flip him for a little bit more at some point in time. And that feels like more gambling than I want to do. I'm going to talk more about Cleveland's offense here in a little bit with my next guy. But the guy that I'm selling for 80 cents on the dollar would be David Montgomery uh, running back for the Bears. Just an unspectacular athlete in general. He is like a 14th percentile athlete over on playerprofiler.com. He did okay. He had about 900 yards rushing in his rookie year. But Tariq Cohen's not going anywhere. And I didn't know this until I was doing my research for this, that Tariq Cohen had 104 targets last year. I asked Jerry, Izzy, did you know Tariq Cohen had 104 targets last year? Yeah, we talked about it on our show maybe a couple months ago. 
that that just blew my mind and he had like 80 catches like all of his PPR value literally came from receptions because he only had like 200 yards rushing but that's my problem with David Montgomery he only got an average of two targets a game for 15 yards a game I mean that's like two and a half PPR points on top of his rushing which he didn't kill it so I, I know people liked him coming out the the thing that really got him off to a, a bad start with me as, a, as an NFL player was when friend of all of ours, Nick Whalen, who was a Bears fan, when they drafted him, Nick was visibly upset and saddened by the draft pick of David Montgomery. And Nick's known these guys since they've been seniors in high school, freshmen, because of his Debbie work. And if a, if a Bears fan's not excited for the guy on his roster, I'm not excited for him on my roster. He's worth a, a 14.2 in the calculator, which is about the 111. If I could get someone to give me between the 111 and the 202, he gone as my uh, yeah. as, my, as my guest tonight often says. Yeah. Are, are you a Montgomery guy? You buy and selling? Funny thing, um, I just I just drafted him in a startup um, just because he was falling enough for me to pull him. Uh, he wasn't necessarily on my radar, and I ended up pulling the trigger. So I got him uh, at 810. Oh, so I don't bad. know. Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. the what is that ninety fourth player off the board, and it's a um, half point for first down, half point per reception. So a little bit more on the player. It's it's not quite you know point per carry, but it's not that full point per reception. So it's it's kind of like splitting more towards the guys that are going to run the ball and get first downs versus being tailored to the receiving backs that, but they don't always get first downs type of thing. So I think he goes up a little bit in that format versus a satellite back. Well, the one thing that, that you said was that popped in my head, what what running back is that for you overall? Is it like your third, your fourth, your fifth running back in the startup? Well, it's a little different because we have the rookie picks inserted into the in, – so I um, to give you an idea, I'll just tell you what I did just so you know. Um I uh, I went at 103. I went Lamar Jackson at 210. It's also tight end premium. I went George Kittle at the 303, 27th overall. I took the 101. Um, at the 410, which is 46th overall, I took the 106. Uh, at 51, at 503, I took Sam Darnold. Huge run at quarterback. He was literally the last one before the cliff, so I just p- plucked him. I wouldn't get one on the way back. Uh, 610 was uh, DJ Chark, 70th overall. Michael Gallup, 75th overall at 703. That was a good one. And then, yeah, Montgomery at at 810. So basically, he's my first running back drafted, mainly because I have the 101 and the 106. And I don't know what I'm going to do with those picks yet. But I I look at one of those as going to be a running back. So I'm kind of inserting David Montgomery as my RB2. And to be frank with you, in startups in March, I really don't want to be drafting running backs just because, A, you mentioned there's a lot of running backs in this class. There's probably four or five, possibly six, I would say, that have a good shot of being an early down or at least a very effective player um, week one. So for me, those are six teams that that are open season, and it doesn't always work out to where they go to the right places, all the open spots. There's always those situations where like, oh my God, I can't believe they didn't draft anybody. Um, you know, look at Tampa Bay last year. Everybody thought they'd draft somebody. They didn't. Uh, but then again, Daryl Henderson got drafted to the Rams. 
So I, I can see those things happening. So I really just don't like drafting running backs. However, the Bears have a lot more pressing needs than running backs. So I feel like David Montgomery is a safe bet for another year of carries. And I'm just hoping that maybe he can put together a good season and I can try to flip him. But that's kind of why I've been waiting on running backs. Before the draft, I just don't want to touch him. Well, where you got him, I don't mind it. And remember, starting next year, the NFL goes to the 17-game season. So having a depth running back like a David Montgomery is not the worst spot. And based on where you got him, I, I think you did okay. So I will roll right into my uh, my Twitter darling cell. Now, right now, there's a handful of guys out there um, that like DJ Moore. Twitter loves them some DJ Moore right now. Miles Sanders is another one. The guy that I'm selling right now is Nick Chubb. And we were talking about this Cleveland offense earlier, and you, you might say, well, why would you be selling? Well, I actually sold him to Jerry. I'll let Jerry retort here in just a second in a, in a league that he drugged me into where, in fairness to Jerry, he is a legit contender. So the, the, the biggest cons for me on Nick Chubb is that in the first nine games of the last year, a.k.a. BH, that's before Hunt, he was the RB7, and he was averaging 18.2 points a game. In games uh, weeks 10 through 17, he averaged 13.0 points a game. So he took almost a, not a third, maybe a 30% haircut, if you will, to his total points per game. And Kareem Hunt averaged 12.6. So the the other con that I have for, for Nick Chubb is that he had that horrible knee injury in college. And those things do tend to come back to roost. You know, look at Jay Ajayi, look at Todd Gurley. Now, in fairness, maybe he has a Willis McGahee-type career arc. Willis McGahee blew out three ligaments in his knee as well in his final game of college, redshirted his rookie year, and then played 142 games there afterwards. But it's, it's just a lot for me to take on when I know I can get a lot of him. Now, pros for, for Nick Chubb, if you were selling Nick Chubb right now, he just got a, an O-line upgrade. He got Jack Conklin from the Tennessee Titans as the new right tackle. Word on the street and all the mock drafts is they're going to add a tackle at the 110. Um, they added a fullback. They traded a seventh-round pick for Annie Andy Janovich from Denver. Bill Callahan, their new offensive line coach, was the interim coach in Washington last year. You might remember him as run the ball left, run the ball right, run the ball center. And uh, Hunt is rumored to be traded, and he will be free of Hunt more than likely in 2021. But... I got three first-round picks for him from Jerry. I got the 105, the 110, and a 2021 first. So that was enough for me to say goodbye. Jerry, what what do you think? Now, in fairness to you, again, you are a legit contender. You are building pieces to chase down a championship. Uh, listen, I knew I paid a lot when I had it, but the problem is I had James Conner and Peyton Barber, and that was what I was facing, and that was not an enjoyable situation for me. I had five 2020 firsts and I had two 2021 firsts and Randy was new. And Randy, if you have ever been in a league with Randy and he wants something, he will not shut the hell up until he gets whatever he wants. And he said he wanted three firsts. And I said, okay, you can't take the 102. So if you want to take the 105, we'll work out the rest. He said, okay. And he sent it. And that was that. Um, I actually, that's one of my favorite teams. I traded back so many times in the startup and accumulated all those picks, but I, I don't hate it. I, I, everything you're saying is, I can't really argue with it. It is true. I just believe in the dude's talent 
And for all that, like Izzy said earlier, none of us that are sitting here and talking into our microphones are giant fans of Baker Mayfield and the things he can do. And that means you're going to have to rely on someone else. And that someone else is probably going to be Nick Chubb, who we've seen be a freaking rocket. Um, and he did have almost 1,500 yards rushing, so it's not to discredit Chubb. I just don't think a year from now, as we sit here in late March, early April of 2021, I don't think he'll be worth quite what he is today. Now, maybe he will. Maybe the hype will pop back up because Cleveland had a good season. Maybe the hype will pop back up because Kareem Hunt left in free agency. I don't know, but going into year four uh, on that knee in an offense that I think will be Okay, but that's a that's a division with some really good defenses in there, uh, including the Pittsburgh and the Baltimore defenses. They got that, that's a fourth of their season, and I know he played them last year, but um, I just it's it's a value play for me. I would rather have the assets, especially as a non-contender, and move on. Izzy, I'm gonna throw this one to you if uh, if you want to talk a little Nick Chubb. Yeah, I love Nick Chubb, so <clears throat> I'd never sell him. Um, but I <laughs> but I get why. If I didn't look at it this way, if I didn't love him so much, I would probably be saying the same things um, that Jerry's saying. And, or no, Randy's saying, sorry. Jerry was defending Nick Chubb. So Randy was saying that he would be selling Nick Chubb. So I I would be saying those things, Randy, if I didn't like Nick Chubb. But I do, so I disagree. Uh, um, all good. <laughs> and, yeah, and the big reason I disagree is that Sure, the receptions came down, and that really hurts. But I look at sell candidates as, well, if I sell him now, can I buy him back later, especially if I like him? And I just don't think I can buy him back later. I don't see his value declining enough for me to acquire him maybe for the equivalent of like a second-round startup pick, something like that. So you're kind of like stuck in this, do I just – try to move him and get somebody else that can potentially replace his value and his production perhaps. But if you look at his per game basis in terms of touches, sure they weren't receptions, but his carries his, his total touches per game didn't really change. It was just his efficiency came down because the receptions. So his total points per game came down because of it. Um, so I don't think it's all bad for Chubb, but I do get the reservation and I'm, if I'm doing a startup, I'm probably not going to select Nick Chubb as eagerly as I would. But if I have him, I'm probably not trading him either. Well, in, in fairness, I, I, you know, I, I think I maximized his value with Jerry. And I, I have him in another league. It was an auction startup I did with John Bosch. And I did a bunch of bids the night of the Tyson Fury-Dante Wilder fight. And I set all these bids to end as this fight was going on, never thinking that I would get them. And I ended up getting Chubb very cheap. I got Melvin Gordon cheap, Cooper Cup cheap. It was actually a very good strategy just because the whole world was preoccupied with the fight. And even though I moved my one share to Jerry, I'm still trying to sell the other one because I'm not giving him away. I want to cash out for what I feel is optimal value. So... Um, I, I think we're, we're all sort of in agreement that if you, if, like in this particular case, I was rebuilding. And by the time this team's ready to, to compete, Nick Chubb is not going to be one of the assets that helps me do it. It's probably a year to two years away. So I would rather cash out, get some younger pieces, and move on. But uh, Jerry, who, who is the Twitter darling that, that you're uh, moving off your roster? <sighs> Kenyon Drake. Been hearing that dude's name forever. 
unfortunately for him, he was in Miami, and that was a barren wasteland of talent. They didn't know what the hell they were doing. We already talked about everything Adam Gase can do for Le'Veon Bell. You can imagine what he can do for Kenyon Drake. Here's the thing about why Kenyon Drake got everybody's nipples hard across fantasy stardom. First game he shows up, 110 yards, gets a touchdown, another 50 yards receiving. He then proceeds to poop his pants, more or less, for the next six weeks until you get to the playoffs. And then he goes for 137 yards rushing, four touchdowns. Then championship week, 166 yards, two touchdowns, and everybody's pants tightened around him. I, listen, he's good. He's he's going to be 27 years old. We've seen uh, like eight games total in his whole career that he's fantasy relevant. Uh, calculators got him between 108 and 109. I'll take that pick every single time. What do you think, Izzy? Kenyon Drake fan? Yes, no? Selling? Buying? God, no. Selling the hell out of that guy. Um, every year we have this problem. So never, ever, ever, I don't care. Never buy a running back that breaks out at age 27 for a first-round pick. It's literally the worst gamble. I don't know if you can find me successes at a 27-year-old breakout. And if you can, you can easily find them on probably – if you lost three fingers in some sort of farm accident, you could still probably count on your fingers (laughs) how many guys have actually broken out at 27. So I I just – he's an insta-sell. You get him for a first – he follows the same footsteps as Damian Williams last year, as Jarek McKinnon the year before. Uh, you knew you can go through the list every single year and just pluck these guys out and say, "Yep, nope, sell. Yep, yep, yep." They bust, 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 and it's just it's an easy decision. You sell Kenyon Drake if you can get the one away at one hundred nine. That's a steal for me, and we'll call it a day. Wow, I, uh, I I like Kenyon Drake if you're if you're a competitor if if you have a championship level team and need a little bit of extra depth as like that running back three, I don't have a problem with it. But I'm going to be hard pressed to say no because a 108, especially in a super flex, is going to get you one of the five rookie running backs that we all like, or one of the three quarterbacks we all like, or you could also potentially have your choice of Lamb or Judy. So th- there would be a lot more upside to that 108 than there would be Kenyon Drake. Now, uh, Izzy, I know your co-host, JP, has a couple of uh, mans, as you guys like to call them on the calculator, that have a little Twitter steam. Is there a Twitter guy that, that you're selling? Well, here's the thing. Do we, do we really know who the – I mean, tw- there's so many Twitter guys. So Twitter guys, like who would you say is a Twitter guy, and I'll tell you which ones I'd be selling. Uh, we'll start with his man, Miles Sanders. Yeah, he's a say. <laughs> Here's the thing: like every single Twitter guy, I'd be selling just because their val- their hype is baked in. I just don't buy hype baked into value. Um, I just don't get in the habit of doing that. I don't like it. Uh, it's bad business. I'm a I'm a finance guy, um, so I, it's just not it's not good business to do. Uh, AJ Brown, I would be selling him as well. It's not like I don't like AJ Brown. I love AJ Brown. But I'm selling him. Um, same thing with DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore is just fine. I think he's going to have a good season. I'm just not convinced he's a top 24 dynasty asset. So 
I like I like zigging when others are zagging, or I like zagging when others are zigging. Um, if there's a guy that I feel Twitter was hot on, and then they fell flat, I'll try to acquire them because I know that if they come back, Twitter will fall in love with them again. Kenyon Drake's a good example of that, you know. And then you can flip them. So a lot of these guys, a lot of these Twitter darlings, I would, I'm, I'm good with selling. So I don't think there's any wrong answer to saying, oh yeah, I, I wouldn't sell that Twitter darling because I just don't like the fact that everything's kind of baked into their price. And, and I, I know that, that the calculator is built off of alg algorithms that include things like ADP and stuff like that. H how much does Twitter add? Is it like 10% or do you just see that based on the ADP? Because I've seen DJ Moore over the last year in the calculator go from about where Terry McLaren is now, which is my man's, to about double that. Terry McLaren's worth about 16, 16 and a half in the calculator. And that's where DJ Moore was this time last year. Now DJ Moore's worth about 34. He's in that cusp right below that elite tier of the Tyreek Hills, the Devontae Adams, etc. And so you, you think that he's just living off the hype of his ADP and there's a good chance to cash out, get something similar plus? Yeah, I, I would love to. And, and typically, uh, it's hard with DJ Moore because he did have a wide receiver one type workload. So it's not like his Twitter hype is unwarranted, right? It makes sense. I'm usually more afraid of the Twitter hype that is unwarranted, like the Dante Pettis of last year, where he comes out of nowhere, has a couple good games, and then everybody's now selling the farm because they think he's the guy. Um, with you look at when we talked about AJ Brown, you talk about DJ Moore, at least they've backed it up. So Twitter loves them because of what they at least did over an extended period of time. That's not the case with a guy like Dante Pettis last year. And there really isn't, you know, Kenyon Drake was going to be my pick and Jerry kind of took it because he is the prime example of a guy that really doesn't deserve the hype that he's getting. So it makes the most sense for him to be the biggest and easiest sell uh, similar to what Jarek McKinnon was a couple years ago. Um, it's just these guys have not put it together. They don't deserve to be propelled and and put on a pedestal and say, "Yeah, this guy's he can be my RB one, RB two, and I'm and I'm good." So I don't know. It, it, does that make sense? I I think it makes sense, Jerry. Yeah, I, listen, that's essentially my motto for playing. Every time someone says really nice things about somebody, that's exactly the guy I'm getting rid of. Unless the hype is built on a sturdy foundation. And out of everybody you guys mentioned, uh, A.J. Brown, a lot of his you know fantasy points came from Yak. And Yak is not the stickiest of stat in the world. Kenyon Drake, it's come from the last four games of the season where he was like the RB2 overall and only behind Christian McCaffrey in that time period. That That's not a very good foundation. The only thing that I'll give DJ Moore is that his hype is built on the foundation of 135 targets, uh, almost 1,200 yards receiving, and he didn't do it on touchdowns. He only had three touchdowns last year, and he missed the last two games. He was easily on pace to be a top eight wide receiver, got a concussion against Mike Colts, and didn't play that game or the next one. So 
Um, but there are other concerns in Carolina. All right, Jerry, do you have an elite guy that you're willing to move? I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson, and it's nothing against the man. I got this trophy that's sitting next to me. It's got a gold plate that says Jerry Sinclair, champion 2019 on it, 150% because of Lamar Jackson. I jumped on his back, and that man rode me to glory, and I get to text my friends about it every damn morning I like to, and I like to taste the tears as they cry and roll down their cheeks. But I just, I think there's Patrick Mahomes, and then I think there's just a different tier. I He's got long-term written all over him, and the way Lamar Jackson takes some hits sometimes, I don't love it. I'm not going to say he's RG3. I'm not going to say that he's going to slow down. He's 23 years old. He's going to be a star for a few more years. I just don't know if he's the guy that I would want to build a cornerstone of my franchise. And I think you could get an ungodly amount in return for Lamar Jackson. Now, it depends on the team situation. I'm just sort of going in a vacuum here. If I'm a contender, hell no. Yeah, I'm keeping Lamar Jackson right where he's at, and I'll just take all the silver chalices and glory I can get. But I just think the return is absurd. And I see the guy that you're going to pick, Randy, and I think you're sort of in the same ballpark, which is just the amount you can get is just hard to pass up. It's like the Lions. Just trade back. Get as much as you can get. You have a terrible roster. Get as much talent as you can accumulate. Well, I want to uh, I want to throw Lamar to our guest because he had some of the stickiest and most interesting stats on Lamar, even factoring in some regression. Izzy, the floor is yours. Yeah. Um, well, one, let me let me first ask, uh, why is it Mahomes then your top sell? Because he's valued more than Lamar. I agree. I like Andy Reid better. I think he is in a better situation. He's got Tyreek's going to be there to bail him out. I just like that offense a little better. And I like the talent overall of Patrick Mahomes. But in the same aspect, I see what you're saying. You're sort of throwing a curve at me. It, selling him for a stupid amount of money is also not a bad move. Yeah, <clears throat> I disagree on both fronts, kind of. I disagree on selling Mahomes. Uh, ever oh you can um, call me a dumbass that's fine no no i don't think i don't think that's the case i look at it this way it's never i will never say it's stupid to sell somebody that's in the top five dynasty assets it's never a bad play because can they really get that much higher probably not um there probably is a little bit more ceiling that they could hit but it's selling high and i'm good with that you're selling at peak market i'm fine with it the question becomes what you get in return. I'm more concerned about what you get in return versus what you're selling. Um, but Lamar Jackson, I disagree selling Mahomes. I wouldn't necessarily ever consider selling Mahomes unless somebody gave me the farm. With Lamar, it would be the same thing, but I'm more likely to trade Lamar in the first few weeks of the season than I would sell him now. And the reason for that is the big concern is regression with Lamar Jackson. But we know two things. One, he has room to regress and he could still put up QB and he still would be the QB one based on last year. He cleared the next closest person by damn near a touchdown, actually more than a touchdown, touchdown and a half. So if you're looking at him from a regression, okay, you reduce his rushing. Sure. If you reduce it, 
what number would he need to hit? Uh, do this exercise at home. You look at Lamar Jackson's rushing stats, his passing stats, his touchdowns, and you start doing a reasonable reduction, he's still the QB1. So you're selling the QB1, and you're worried about his regression, but he's still the QB1. And that's how powerful his floor is from a rushing perspective. Um, what I am concerned about is how big that regression actually is. And if he comes out in the first few weeks of the season and puts up reduced numbers, but is still the QB1, it'll be a red flag to me, but the average Joe will not see it as a red flag. They'll just see the points. But we will be seeing the regression. What I'll be seeing is, okay, well, he put up 27 points a game last year. Now he's at 23 or 24, but his value isn't going to rock bottom early in the season. So you have no risk in holding on to Lamar Jackson outside of injury risk. And you could have said that about Pat Mahomes and he got hurt, right? You could have said, well, Pat Mahomes is less likely to get hurt than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson stayed healthy, taking all those hits, and Mahomes didn't. So I just don't see any reason to sell Lamar Jackson right now. You can still cash out at peak value in the first few weeks. But if he does continue to put up 27 points a game, you get to keep him. And you get to have a six-point advantage on most of his peers for the rest of the season. I mean, that's massive. And you can get another trophy, another Jerry Sinclair trophy, and you can lick all those tears, whatever you're going to do, drink them, <laughs> you know, shower in them, bathe in them. It doesn't matter. You'll have Lamar Jackson. You'll have that advantage. Just you, you get the opportunity to watch him for three weeks, and you get a free three weeks with little value lost. It makes no sense to trade Lamar Jackson right now. I agree with both of you. I, I do agree that I would trade Lamar only if I could get Mahomes. If I could get Mahomes, maybe Watson and like something else, a, a little something on top, because I don't see the loss of DeAndre Hopkins as the death knell as the rest of Dynasty does. I, I still love Deshaun Watson. I, I still really like Patrick Mahomes. My, my only concern with Lamar is that the it's the one year wonder thing. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a little afraid of that, but I'm I'm with Izzy. There, there is zero zero chance that his stock goes down without an entire bust of a season, and even then, it's still worth a good sizable chunk in in that. So th th there are pros and cons. To, uh, to pay to play devil's advocate with my own damn self, because why not? While we're at it, I mean, this dude really started one season. And he broke Michael Vick's rushing record. Like, do we really see him not running? Like, this isn't going to be an RG3 situation. He's not, they're not going to try and keep him in the pocket. He's going to get free range to do whatever he wants. And assuming either Miles Boykin grows or they bring another wide receiver and it could just be another piece for him. So I, I get what you're saying. The, the, um, the only concern I have for that offense, Jerry, is the retirement of Marshall Yonda. Outside of that, I really don't have – I mean, they can bring in more pieces. They didn't hardly use Justice Hill. Ingram's still there. Gus Edwards is returning. So I, I'm, I'm with you. They, they lost uh, Hunter, Hunter Hurst Hayden. I mean, you know, that guy's gone. But they're down to like 92 tight ends. So they'll be all right. Here, what what are we doing with Kyler Murray? While while we're let's talk hey. about Twitter darlings. Let's talk about hype. Is he uh, is he's well versed for this show? He he's also got some Kyler stats for us. Yeah, I I so I have no I don't necessarily have Kyler stats for you, but I don't mind hanging on to Kyler at all. Um, 
he's still I don't view it as the Baker Mayfield syndrome because Baker Mayfield Kyler Murray showed substantially more than Baker Mayfield did did in their first seasons. So I'm good with I'm good with holding on to to Kyler Murray. I get it. He's small. He could get hurt. Yada yada. I, I get the whole thing, but he still finished as the QB. What is he? QB seven last year. So uh, he, he was. Top and that eight. was as a rookie without DeAndre Hopkins. What's that? I said he was top eight. I don't remember. It was between five and eight. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was. Yeah, five. I think he was seven or eight. Yeah, I, I don't think he got up to top five. But hypothetically, let's even top ten. He was a top ten quarterback without DeAndre Hopkins. So if he's being drafted in inside the top four, even inside the top three, really the only people that he's being drafted ahead of that you would say, okay, maybe not, is Deshaun Watson. But you look at Russell Wilson, I get it. He's 31 going on, 31, 32. Uh, you look at Dak, he's just not, Dak was, I believe he was the QB two or QB three last year. But Dak is one of those guys that, he doesn't have the draft pedigree. He's not as universally liked. With Kyler Murray, similar to Lamar Jackson, similar to Patrick Mahomes, similar to Sean Watson, they're universally liked by a lot of people, and their value has a lot more insulation than a guy like Josh Allen, a guy like Dak Prescott, where if Dak struggles for a few games, people will say, okay, yep, that's Dak. We expected him. We don't think he's that good, yada, yada, yada. Same thing with Josh Allen. Oh, he can't throw. With Kyler Murray, everybody's still going to like him. So, and now he gets DeAndre. Everything is being built really well around Kyler Murray. And I can see him, if he was a wide a QB7 last year, I don't see why there's any reason why he can't be inside the top five this year. And if he's inside the top five this year at his age, um, I, I'm totally fine him being the QB3 and returning QB5 returns. I'm good with that. So, I'm I similar to Lamar. I don't think the risk is really all that there, unless you think Kyler Murray is going to have a sophomore slump. But he really didn't have a great offensive line last year. He had a banged up wide receiver core. His wide receiver one was Larry Fitzgerald, and David Johnson was complete trash. They had to trade for Kenyon Drake to get any sort of production from the running back position. Kyler Murray didn't have a lot with him last year. So, and he still put up good numbers. I, I'm good with Kyler Murray. So not quite there yet. And he's still in a in a division where outside of the 49ers, there's not a lot of great defenses in that division. The Rams lost five or six starters on their defense. Seattle's defense is not great. I see him playing in four or five shootouts. And don't forget, he was the one quarterback who actually had good, respectable games against a really good 49ers defense. I have no problem keeping Kyler and I actually have no problem keeping any of these guys I'll hit you with my elite guy and it's probably going to shock some people but uh, I, I have some questions I have some concerns and I, I think there's some regression coming that's Christian McCaffrey uh, I know he's probably the 101 or no worse than the 102 in any startup out there but you know um, some of the things that I see as cons is that he's coming off 403 touches now some people might say well that's awesome you know volume is king in fantasy football but you know, and he has played all 16 games, three seasons in a row, which is great. My concerns for him is the loss of Trey Turner, the guard who's now in L.A. with the Chargers. Uh, and then he lost two more Turners. He lost Scott and Norv, 
the offensive coordinators the last two years, the guys who got him 124 and 142 targets. And even though the Matt Rule offense is quote-unquote high-powered, I don't know exactly how he's going to get featured in this offense. Can you guarantee me 142 more targets? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, you would think so. But this is a team that continues to invest in the offense. They brought in Robbie Anderson. How many targets is he going to take away? We just talked about DJ Moore had 135 targets. Again, different offensive coordinator. Curtis Samuel in the offense, new quarterback. We really haven't seen this thing mesh. So it's not the exact same thing. The the variables have, have changed. And something else that I heard from Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah is that these running backs going into that second contract when the teams really have to break them off, a la Gurley, a la Zeke, you know, the, the team starts thinking, hey, we, we've got to bring someone else in here to peel back his touches to protect our investment. And all of this coming from a guy who runs a hedge fund and knows how to protect his investment, those are the things that just make me totally nervous. So some of the pros is again he did he's played 48 games. He's been eligible to play 48. He's played 48 in uh weeks 2 through 7 last year when Teddy was the quarterback for the uh Saints. Alvin Kamara averaged 17 points a game with Teddy as the QB and he got six targets and had five catches a game. So that does bode well. And according to the Dynasty Trade Calculator, he's worth about three and a half high first round picks. And if I can, again, I'm not giving him away. I'm not giving Nick Chubb away. But if I can get, there's a guy in a league that I'm in. Uh, he's got the 102, the 103, and a super flex. And his 2021, if I could get those three picks and maybe like a, I don't know, another player, as Izzy would say, he gone. I, I, will, I will move him because running back is much more fleeting at the position for me than wide receiver. Julio Jones, been a top seven PPR wide receiver for six straight years. You know, the best a running back can boast is that Zeke has been a top five running back three of the last five years. Is Christian McCaffrey totally capable of doing that? A hundred percent. But I've got plenty of questions and his value is plenty high enough that if someone's willing to break me off a nice chunk for him, I will move him. Izzy, it's your turn to tell me I'm crazy. No, I, I don't think you're crazy at all. Um, he's a running back with infinitely higher value than he had um that i would say with christian mccaffrey if you would have told me he would be the number one dynasty asset uh two years ago i would have tried to figure out how and everything is lined up absolutely perfect for christian mccaffrey to be that player cam getting hurt them really not having a good backup behind him they're not, they didn't draft a running back um so ron rivera always talked about getting Christian McCaffrey, um, or at least last year, we got to get somebody in for Christian McCaffrey. Well, they didn't. Well, then Cam gets hurt. So all those goal line carries, all those short yardage stuff, all that went to Christian McCaffrey because Kyle Allen doesn't do what Cam Newton does. Kyle Allen isn't very good. He checks down a lot. All went to all went to Christian McCaffrey. So aligned perfectly for Christian McCaffrey last year. And now he gets a new offensive. All the things that you mentioned, Everything is brand new. New quarterback, new coordinator, new co new coaching staff, the whole thing. No no off-season programs right now because of this corona thing. Um now I get it. Christian McCaffrey's still going to have a role. He's still going to have touches. He's probably going to be 
a high, he's probably going to be the RB one, two, three, he's going to be in the top five, but there is risk there. And I have no issue trading him as much as I think Chris McCaffrey is arguably the best running back in the league. And he's still young and he's still relatively fresh. Um, I, I don't hate the idea of ever selling a running back at the absurd value that he's returning. And before I throw this to Jerry real quick, a guy that I know you love, I traded him to you in Darius Geis. I absolutely love him as a buy this year, uh, providing he can stay healthy for that various reason. He is now the running back in the North Turner, Scott Turner offense. And the Turners going back to Emmett Smith have used a bell cow running back. And I know they brought in Peyton Barber and I know AP still there. And I don't really give a rat's ass. I, I love Darius guys. So I don't want to turn this into a sell episode, but I'm, I'm actually quite excited for your boy. Are, are you, uh, are you still purchasing any guys out there? Uh, this is perfect timing. So I want to check. Um, <clears throat> I'm sitting at the nine ten in this half point per touchdown league. And I'm considering selecting Darius Geis now. Um, I actually traded with Nick Whalen, who's a good friend of mine and good friend of yours. Um, I was sitting at the 903. I was going to take Marlon Mack, but I made a trade and I moved back to 912. Um, and I was going to select Darius Geis here. He's definitely like, I need another running back. Right? I, and I like his value at this point, well outside the top 100. Um, and I'm a huge fan of Darius Geis. I wish you would stay healthy. Um, if you look, and the reason why I like Darius Geis, and I know we're talking about a buy here, not a sell. The reason why I like him is if he starts the season hot, he's going to jump into the top 40 ADP without any question. So if he does what Kenyon Drake did last, the end of the season, towards the end, like in the fantasy playoffs, like Jerry was talking about, if he does that in the first few weeks, he's going to be in the top 40. So I'm looking, when I'm looking at my drafts, and this is a little bonus feature, um, I'm trying to find guys that I know if they pop off early will skyrocket in value. And this is the type, this is the time, and this is why I drafted David Montgomery. If he goes off, he's young enough and exciting enough to some people, David Montgomery is very polarizing, but Geis is very likable. People really enjoy Gardner Minshew is another good example of that. If Gardner Minshew starts out hot, right, and continues what he kind of did last year, everybody's going to want him. They like Gardner Minshew. Everybody likes Darius Geis as a person. So those are the type of guys that you want to be buying. Well, before I give this one to Jerry, the reason I'm a Marlon Mack fan and a Marlon Mack believer, but I think that he's really got to perform his tail off this year because he's in the final year of his rookie deal he wants to get re-signed in Indy they've kind of made some overtures but you're buying if if both guys hit to the level that we think they can you're buying more equity by getting Darius Geis than you are Marlon Mack the amount of equity that you'll have say a year from now let's say they both have their best possible 2020 season the amount of equity you'll gain off of Geis versus what you gain off Mac is just an absolute home run. And that's what I'm looking for in those mid to late rounds in a startup. Because then next year, you can flip that guy for someone else that you like. Maybe a guy that underperformed in 2020, plus get a 2021 first and basically reset your running back rookie clock, if you will. So, Jerry, guys, Christian McCaffrey, anything? I mean, what do you want me to say? That was, that was a lesson. I just gained a PhD in 
footballology right there. I appreciate it, gentlemen. Nothing. I mean, listen, you know damn well I'm a Darius Geist guy. And everything you said about Christian McCaffrey, it's sort of my same argument with Lamar Jackson. If you can get a ton of stuff, get a ton of stuff. And like Izzy said, you know, he's young, he's good, he's, you know, everything's worked out. He's still going to be young and good and all those things. So I get it. Either way, if if he, you want to hold on to him for a little bit, I am not a person. I like to rotate my running backs. It's just I like to build a foundation of wide receiver, you know, dra- draft a running back in the rookie draft, hope he pans and the moment that value starts to hit, flip that dude. So, nope, I have – you guys are just – smart sons of bitches let me tell you (laughs) izzy is there anyone uh of the elite status that you are considering selling yeah absolutely um i won't i won't bring up zeke because he's been a he is my top probably my top sell um but i've brought him up on our before and i've kind of mentioned him before so i'm going to go a different direction um my favorite all-time receiver is my top sell and that's deandre hopkins my second sell is Michael Thomas, and I'll get to him in a second. I want to go through both of them really quick, and they're kind of for the same reasons, but a little different. Uh, with Hopkins, it's not only his age, um, but it's his new team. So he's going to a new team, and I'm worried about the coronavirus and the, the lack of offseason. Receivers have a much more difficult time adjusting to a new team than a running back would. So you have to have connection with the quarterback. You have to really understand the, the the playbook. You need reps, the whole thing with running backs. They usually either have it or they don't. They can fit in seamlessly with an offense. They have good vision. They have good feel instincts, the whole thing. And the playbook's a lot easier for a running back than it is for a receiver and the sync time and just being on the same page with your quarterback. Hopkins isn't going to have that. Another thing with Hopkins, and this is the age, he's 27, 28. If we look at a guy like Julio Jones, and this is like this with every player, but I'm going to use Julio Jones because people will say, well, he's an elite asset. They usually last a little bit longer. Incorrect. Very few of them will retain value um, inside the top 10 going into age 29, 30 season. Um, If you look at Julio Jones, his ADP in this, so March, we'll go March, March 2016, when he was 27 years old, was three and a half. That was his ADP. So let's call it four, right? The following March, 28 season. So this is now when with him turning 28, he went down to 6.3. Okay. So Hopkins is going to be 28 this off season. So this is now his 28 season. So he's on line with Julio Jones in the 28 being 6.3 he's in line with 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 julio jones so so far so good the only problem is if you look at his march adp julio jones in 2018 he dropped down to 15.8 and this is with julio jones still having a very respectable season in 2018 so if you consider well what does he actually need to do hopkins to retain value there really isn't anything Julio Jones went for 113 receptions, almost 1,700 yards and eight touchdowns, and he dropped 10 spots in ADP just because he turned 20, uh, 29. And that's where DeAndre Hopkins is heading. Good God. So the, the, the value, the, the P, uh, when people talk about 
receivers falling off and they say, oh, age 30, that's not the case. It's it's 28. 28 is the peak, or actually 27 is the peak, 28 is the beginning of the dissension. And then 29, it takes a huge shot. And then 30, you're pretty much, you're toast. Because if you look at where um, Julio Jones is after that, you look at his 28, you, uh, excuse me, March 2018, he was 15.8. You look at his March 2019, he was 20. And then you look at where he is this March, and he's 31, 32. So this is a now a, a player that you're looking at a mid to late third round startup pick, and he's been fantastic every single year. So I just don't, I don't know. I, I get it. DeAndre Hopkins is great. He had 88 for 1444 and three. So not a fantastic season, but it was very similar to his 2016 season. And he stayed flat from his 2017 ADP to 2018 ADP. And then he had a monster 2018 season and his ADP dropped, you know, five spots again. And then he had a good 2019 with 99 receptions, 1,400 yards, and six touchdowns. And he lost, what is that, 12, he lost a full round in ADP. Love Hopkins. He's a stud. He's he's going to be fantastic at age 30, 31. He is a guy that you sell now, give him a year in this offense, and just buy him for even cheaper next year. He is a very good sell and rebuy later and just hold on to him until he dies. Um, not not his value death, not his actual death death. You only do that with Josh Gordon. He's the only player that you hold on until he dies. Um, and the same thing can be said with with Michael Thomas. And Michael Thomas, for a couple different reasons. One, his value is ridiculously high. It's in the tier below McCaffrey Barkley value. Um, but with him, he's also 27. He won't be turning 28 till next offseason, but we obviously see the path that these players are taking. One. Two, Drew Brees is 55, 56 years old. And <laughs> if he plays another year, sure, he might hold value. Michael Thomas's value balloon is as big as it's going to get and it's going to burst heavy, not only because he's going to turn 29 after this this coming year, or excuse me, after this coming year, be 28. Let's say he plays with another Drew Brees season in 2022, which is still a couple years away. But you need to prep for these things because his value is going to slowly decline with Drew Brees rumors that he might be retiring, so on and so forth. What if Drew Brees does retire next offseason? What happens? It, there's no backup plan. Teddy's gone. So Taysom Hill, if Taysom Hill's your quarterback, which is not going to happen, but let's say it is because that's who's behind him now. Taysom Hill and Michael Thomas, where's his ADP outside the top 20? So I, 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 he's, you're spot he's a on. bubble right now. Mm-hmm. He is a, like the housing market in 2008, Michael Thomas is the value bubble at wide receiver. And I, I think part of the, the thing with Michael Thomas is that New Orleans has always been a team very focused about making sure their players break records. Um, whether it's Drew Brees in the game where he hammered on Mike Colts until he broke, I think it was the total touchdown record. I think Michael Thomas's season became a lot about momentum, and they looked up around weeks 12 or 13 and said, hey, you know what, he's got a real shot at breaking Marvin Harrison's all-time single-season record of 143 catches. 
which he ended up doing. He had 149, but they they brought in Emmanuel Sanders. They, you know, Jared Cook, second year in the offense. And, and you're right, he, he has no, this is kind of my reason for Christian McCaffrey. You know, once these guys reach a certain point, and I, and I love your, your DeAndre Hopkins about sell him now, buy him back a year from now. We call that a Nigerian buyback. That's where you buy that, <laughs> If you ever see the movie The Goods, you know what I'm talking about. No, that's, I haven't, but that's funny. But, but I mean, you, it's funny. It's a funny, like, it's whenever I hear Nigerian anything, I always think about the oil scams where you get the emails like, hey, I'm a print, like, whatever. I right. you pay me this. And the oil, that, you know, the oil scam. Sure. So that's what I always think about. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And in, in, in the movie, they say it's where they're, they're selling cars. It's like where you buy the person's car and then you sell it back to them an hour later at a markup. And that, that's what you're doing with DeAndre Hopkins. You're buying him, you're selling him now for, I don't know, let's just hypothetically say three first. That's a fair price, whatever. Someone might give you two 2020s and a 2021. Then you turn around and buy him from same owner next year who's disappointed after he, you know, doesn't connect right away with Kyler Murray and he doesn't get his normal 160 targets. His volume comes down. You can turn around and get him right back on your roster because much like Julio, I think he'll continue to perform just like Izzy said. And you'll be able to add a couple of assets along the way. I think that's a fantastic strategy because that's how you build long-term depth in your, in your dynasty league. Jerry, anything on MT or uh, D hop? No, I think the, uh, the example you used with Julio Jones and Deandre Hopkins about the ADP difference with the good production that we saw. And yet he still dipped in ADP because of the age Honestly, I think that was the best part of this whole podcast. I promise you I wrote it down because that it is a mantra that I will keep with me from now on, and I'm going to look at it everywhere because that was when you said whenever Julio had, you know, 1,700 yards or whatever, and he still dipped, I mean, that is just telling. And I think you use that to drive the price down. I mean, Izzy gave me another tool to put my tool belt, and that is – Hey, man, you know, I, I yeah, DeAndre Hopkins great, but he's going to be 28. You know, Julio wasn't worth as much at 28. And you, you just use that as a negotiating tactic to help drive the price down if you were to want to buy him. I, I think it's fantastic. I, I did want to say one more thing. Just now, take so, your time. Um, so when he was, if you look at his Julio Jones, he's 31 now. He was 29. Interestingly enough, his ADP in December of 2017, before he turned 30, after this, this is during his monster season. I'm looking at 2018 season. So during his monster production, his ADP was still declining as his monster season was in full bloom. So October ADP was 15.25. January 2019, it was 21. Even during the season, December 2018, 20.5, November 19.2. So he is going completely gangbusters, and his value is still dropping little by little, just bleeding out. Um, and it's just, it's frustrating. It's, it's not frustrating. It's something you can take advantage of, but it's frustrating that so many people hang on to these assets for too long and then they sell them for too cheap. How many people are selling Julio Jones? for substantially potatoes yeah like at this point if you so this is kind of the let's drive home the point before before we kind of close if you're hanging on to michael thomas deandre hopkins julio jones the elite elite wide receivers that are going to produce well into their 30s 
if you're not going to trade them before 28, you're not trading them ever. Their production is way more valuable than a trade value. You're not getting anybody in the mid 30 ADP that's going to put up 1700 yards and 10 touchdowns. Like it's just not there. It's not available. It's the law. It's the law of uh, Larry Fitzgerald, the rule of Larry. Yeah. Yeah, Good Lord. How long have we been trading third round picks for Larry Fitzgerald? Uh, Half a decade ish. (laughs) You ever ever take, I, I think I was in high school still. Yeah. It's like, it's, if every and we don't need everybody to start doing this because dynasty players would get better. But if you're listening to this and you actually do it and you hang on to your age 28 players or you buy as weird as it is, if you're buying your 29 year old um, DeAndre Hopkins is your Julio Jones, your your roster is so much stronger because you're still getting top five production and you're getting it for half of the price and you're probably going to get it for three or four years so the difference in when when julio jones was 23 think of his value to 27 and it held right that's four that's five years of production now you look at well when he turns 29 and you get him for half the price or turns 30 and you get him for half the price 30 to 34 now julio jones might not play to 34 but there's a good chance that he does Right. So if he plays at 34 and he's still putting up those types of numbers, that's the same thing as him playing from 23 to 27. So you're way more comfortable spending that type of equity for those five years. If you're going to get the same five years from 30 to 34, that's, I mean, it's, it's a steal. And, and the age factor is the only real quote unquote risk. It's you're only, you're only betting again. And, and some athletes are just that athlete. You know, and, and what if Julio Jones takes the Larry Fitzgerald career arc? I mentioned it earlier. And what if he just kicks into the slot and just starts vacuuming up a lot of targets in PPR leagues? He's going to be pure gold regardless of his age. So I, yep. I, I think it's fantastic. So I got a quick question for you before we, let, before we let you get out of here. Now, on the calculator, I know who JP's mans are. We've got Miles Sanders and, and Kyler uh, Murray. Who are yours? I have yet to find who your mans is. Uh, my, my, my man's is Deontay Johnson. All right. Please elaborate. Um, I, I look at what he did last year. Um, given the circumstances, Deontay Johnson was a hell of a rookie player last year. Um, and you look at Juju shirt, Juju was banged up, but there was no big Ben. It was Mason Rudolph and Devil, and there really wasn't much there. And if you watch him, I'm a big fan. I'm I'm a I'm a, I'm a film guy, right? So I like watching these players. And you look at the way that some guys have the it, right? De- Deontay Johnson has the it. So I, I I watch him play, and I see okay, he put up sixty six eighty and five on ninety two targets with Doug Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Yes, I get it. Juju was banged up. But I see that and I go, okay, well, what does his year two look like with Big Ben? And I saw what Juju did with AB. And if Big Ben is anywhere near Big Ben and the offense and the defense isn't as strong as it, I mean, his defense is strong, but it's not like steel curtain strong. Like it wasn't, it's not beastly strong. Like they've always had a solid defense 
and they're still putting up monster numbers. And there's no Lev Bell this time. So even with Lev Bell and Juju and Antonio Brown, they were all eating with Big Ben and that, and that defense and Mike Tomlin. Not much has changed for them outside of Big Ben being hurt. Now he comes back and there's no running back siphoning all those receptions. Those should be going to the receiving core. Sure, Eric Ebron's going to get some of that, but I fully expect Juju and Deontay to be the beneficiaries. And I would not be surprised if Deontay Johnson has a better 2020 season than Juju Smith-Schuster, similar to why, similar to Michael Gallup is a huge buy for me. And Amari Cooper, Cooper, as much as I love Cooper, is a sell for me because I can see Gallup being the wide receiver one over Amari Cooper, and he's half the price. I feel the same way with Deontay Johnson. You're paying top 12 dynasty equity, top 18, let's call it top 18 safely for Juju Smith-Schuster, dynasty equity, and you're getting Deontay Johnson 10 rounds later, and he could arguably put up similar stats. It's conceivable that he does. I, I love the Deontay Johnson take, and I love the picture on the calculator. And if you've not checked out the calculator, you've uh, you've <laughs> got to subscribe. Yeah, you've got to subscribe. J- JP and I had this uh, sales pitch because we reference the calculator all the time here at the Dynasty War Zone because we both use it and believe in it. So Izzy, what else is going on? You guys had two podcasts in a week. We got the draft coming up. Uh, what else you guys got going on? I know you got some other shows on the podcast feed. Yeah. So so. Yes. So we got some other show. I will say doing the startup, uh, I've been playing dynasty for a long time. Um, over uh, this is season, this is 15. So this is year 15 of dynasty. And we launched our dynasty startup calculator. Um, I don't know if either of you guys had a chance to check it out. Oh, JP broke the news on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Right. So I, you, I, it's so hard even for guys like us that have been doing it for a long time, I don't know how long you guys have been doing it, but a guy like me that have been doing it forever, somebody sends me a startup trade. I'm like, God, I don't know. Like, I don't, off the top of my head, I can't think of, okay, well, who's going to be around in this spot? And that's yada, yada, yada. But now we have, I've been using our, our trade and I don't necessarily use our trade calculator very often outside of trying to make sure that I'm selling, sending fair offers, at least reasonable offers. But with the startup calculator in the startup draft, I've been using it all the time just to figure out startup values. Um, so it's a huge, huge benefit to anybody. Even if you're a seasoned veteran and you don't think you need a trade calculator, you you need the startup calculator when you get those offers because nobody really knows unless you only do startups. Like every single year, you're doing multiple startups. But I'm getting to the point where I only do a startup a year. So I'm not... It's not like I'm doing a hundred of them. And if you do mock drafts, the mock drafts are fools. Like it doesn't, mock drafts never actually replicate what happens in your draft. It's like goofy stuff that happens. So a startup calculator is massive. And we got some other things that we're working on to coincide with that startup calculator. That's going to really enhance the, uh, the product there. Um, other than that, um, I will say the other, my other man's is Drew Locke. So I don't know if you're a Drew Locke fan, if anybody's a Drew oh, Locke I, fan. I, I, first yeah. of all, his, his rap flow is ridiculous and, <laughs> un, and vastly underrated. He can rap Jeezy's put on anytime he wants. I've heard young jock, <laughs> it's going down. Uh, I absolutely love Drew Locke. I 
have a lot of shares from last year because uh, as uh, it was said last week by Bobby Koch, I love the quarterbacks that everybody seems to hate. So I'll walk out of this draft this year with a lot of uh, Justin Herbert and maybe some Jalen Hurts, although Jalen Hurts is starting to get some steam. But we'll make sure to reference that, that startup calculator tool because we're going to start talking a little startup next week as we cruise toward the rookie draft because you're right that's an art form there's only a handful of guys walking this planet that are good at in startup trades and one of them is mike sipes of the dynasty trades hq he's very good at it but that's the number one i don't say stumper because i can typically answer them but it's like a lot of work when someone in the patreon's like hey what would you trade for this and i'm like hold on a minute i gotta write this down and then it's like doing like algebra or calculus or something you're just like move this guy over here and it's a, it's a lot of work so to have a tool like the trade calculator is pretty awesome well is he man well, listen? yeah well, well i was gonna say when you get like usually with startup trades it's not one for one two usually it's you're moving three or four picks versus re- receiving another three or four picks and you're trying to figure out well damn like well psh, the five the 508 and you're moving the 708 and then you're moving the 15 whatever and it's just like good lord and then you're receiving this and you're trying to figure out you're trying to figure out the balancing act of okay trying to think of replacing them with players that's how you do it but it takes so it's such a strenuous exercise that it's so much easier just to punch it in it's uh, not like it's a player for player a hundred percent and that was oh, yeah. the that was the calculus i used to do of like okay in the fifth round i'd be targeting this guy and then i would miss out on this guy and then you have to start going through here and and you have to weigh it all out Jerry, Jerry, what do you think about all this? And uh, any final closing thoughts? I am, so a bunch of the guys that I went to high school with, they know that I do a Dynasty podcast. And one of the other people um, that I go with, he also does one. So he was trying to convince his home league to switch to Dynasty. So I told him to do a mock on Sleeper. We've been doing a mock. And I wish we would have done this episode two days ago because I didn't realize the startup calculator was in there. Uh, And I did exactly what you guys said. It's like, you know, okay, well, I'm trading back here, but I also want to move up in this spot. And it's just, it's just shooting craps. And if there's one thing I'm not good at, it's shooting craps. It's just, Uh, I can help you with that. (laughs) Listen, I, uh, the wife will already tell you, I probably have a gambling problem. Let's not do that. Well, listen, (laughs) all right. Well, is, is he, Thank you for coming on. It's been a long time coming. Finally, a, a great chance to get you tied down. And uh, give them the Twitter handle again. At DTC underscore Izzy E. At DTC underscore Izzy E on Twitter. He is at DWZ Jerry Sin. And I'm still at DFF Memphis. And we thank you guys for tuning in. And remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we are just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back real soon. Thanks, guys. Ah, ma. 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 We're going to get a calculator? That's all we want, ma. I'm going to add so many numbers together. I'm going to keep dividing numbers until there's like 50 numbers after the decimal. (laughs)